Today is Wednesday, February 7th, 2024, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. All right, today we have pretty much one topic, and that is the atonement. How can Jesus uh, be just and also forgive you of your sin? Because if you do crimes, you should pay for them, not transfer the blame to someone else, is what the uh, questioner starts with. So we talk about that. How can it be? And for something like 40 minutes, you hear um, it explained in every possible conceivable way I could possibly think of, and like five other people. Um, So the very, very end, um, I I have the thing I'm going to use from now on, and you'll just have to wait and see what that is. But uh, I I, I say that, and the guy's like, oh, I get it now, I see. Uh, Mama Bear saves the day, I'll just say that. All right, so uh, anyways, how can um, God be just and also forgive people of their sins and grant them eternal life and eternity in heaven with them if they, um, you know, have sinned or have done crime? So anyways, we will explore that topic and pretty much only that topic today. So, um, yeah, that's it. Have an awesome whatever day did I say this was? Wednesday? (laughs) All right, take care. See you later. Share these links. Yeah, what's your question? So... What about this? Um, yeah, here's a question. I got a question about the idea of the atonement. And I think, um, so Christians would say God is perfect. God is perfectly just would be what's entailed in that. And I believe the concept of atonement is in fact an unjust thing because I do not believe that blame can be transferred from one person to another person. And so in this sense, Jesus is transferring blame from the whole world throughout history onto himself somehow. But I don't believe that's possible, and I don't believe it's an act of justice. And I'll give you a quick example, and I'll let you respond here. If we had a mob boss who committed all these crimes, they murdered your family, and we finally got this guy, we're sitting in court together, the judge is about to sentence him, and the mob boss's crony stands up and says, hey, you know what? Mob boss did a lot of bad stuff, and I'll take his blame. And the judge says, okay, we'll transfer the blame from the mob boss to the crony. You sitting in the audience, do you think justice would have been done that day? Okay, so from your perspective, no. From the Christian worldview, um, let's take like the totality of a Bible in a snapshot. So if that mob boss's crony was in fact the creator being of the entire universe and every single molecule in it, he, the mob boss, the judge, the jury, you in the audience, every single thing that little crony was sustaining by his will, um, then absolutely because everything is his. So we're looking at like, for, like different orders of things. So like on one, on one uh, view, it's like, well, no, that would be unfair because, you know, the, the mob boss did this versus the crony who is just someone else that's like his pure or lower. Um, but then if you zoom out and think, oh, my, everything, it doesn't matter what's done between the judge, however many people want to volunteer to take this guy's blame. It doesn't matter because ultimately this little mob boss crony is actually the one who sustains every single bit of this and all of it's theirs. So that would be a more biblical worldview of presenting that scenario. But like, if you go from Job to David, you know, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And, you know, David says when he he had a guy murdered and committed adultery and just had a whole bunch of gross sins um, because of these things. And he says, you know, Lord, don't remove your Holy Spirit from me. And against you alone have I sinned. 
like how you alone has he sinned like he got a dude murdered and like you know hooked up with his wife um so how is it he alone has he sinned well consolidate everything together ultimately uh god jesus sustains everything um, that there is so you know the uh, david and his adultery the dead guy that got murdered uh got killed in battle you know the wife the all, all this other stuff um you can see how indirectly or how on a lower level yeah david sinned against a lot of people a lot of other beings but all those beings are ultimately created and sustained by god so whenever you get to jesus it's not just like a little mob boss's crony it is the god who is sustaining everything so ultimately yes anytime you sin you can say because you know jesus ever says hey if you sin against your brother so there is what you're talking about so that would be on the level he says hey if you're going to the altar or going to the temple to to give an offering and you remember a grievance or a sin against your brother leave your gift go make it right with your brother which would be your scenario like everyone's on the same level as far as humanity go make that right then go back and resume giving your gift or giving your offering at the, at the synagogue um but when we're talking about sin like the sin of the world that you know non non-christians or atheists or whatever don't even believe in it may be a harder concept to grasp i'm almost done i'll shut up but that's what we're talking about so your courtroom uh thing can apply to jesus talking about if you're if you have a problem with your brother on a hu human level go make that right if you've sinned against them but when we're talking about sins and atonement for the entire sin of the planet for all who believe and repent then that is ultimately god alone so if god alone jesus wants to say yes transfer all your sin to me i will take it all just repent and believe the gospel i'll pay the price for your sin then he is totally fine to do that because ultimately everything we do is a transgression against that god so that god is saying you sinned against me i will forgive you um so in the christian worldview there is no problem and in your world in your scenario there's also no problem it's just the wrong category to to bring that up you want to respond to uh, fast and then we'll get some other input yes yeah um so i think i think you ended up getting more to the point at the end there where like if you're sinning it's a sin against god but i'm not sure what creating the universe or sustaining things would have to do with blameworthiness at all so to me it seems if somebody is blameworthy for something the blame can't be transferred somehow because you like created the universe or something like that but if I'm i want to the ultimate owner Yes. But what is what does owning something have to do with blame like justice? What is the theory of justice there you're using that like no, somehow okay. creating something makes you able to like transfer blame between people? And how does that work out? Let me try again. Okay, so if I walk up and I smack you in the face, I've sinned against you the way Jesus is talking about, that I've sinned against another human. I need to make it right. I should ask you to forgive me and apologize and stuff like that. But ultimately, when I smack you, I smack God, right? Because there is no you. If God doesn't sustain you, if God didn't create you, there is no you to smack. So, yes, I sinned against you, but the greater sin in me hitting you is I have sinned against God. So, on, on some way, not God's words, mine, it's like, yes, my sin against you matters like the smallest amount you can possibly imagine. That same sin that I've smacked you in the face for, that sin against God is so incredibly more profound that, sure, you can say in some way I sinned against you, but in comparison to that sin being committed against God, it really doesn't matter. Especially, again, we're not talking about crimes and punishment. So if I smack you, I may get an assault charge. You know, you may file charges because that's not right. And uh, you may be like, well, hey, I can forgive you for that, but you still got to pay the price and the consequence of reactions. That's what's happening. So 
if, if I do something against you, like your courtroom, that guy should probably, you know, if he's guilty and if he's, you know, did all these crimes, the person who committed the crime should go to jail. Like Christians are not immune from escaping natural consequences. Um, the Bible even talks about how we should obey the government and stuff like that and follow their laws. And if we're guilty of crimes, we should be punished for it. It says, hey, you know, if people are persecuting you for things you've done wrong, like, you know, stealing or cheating or whatever, and you go to jail for that, well, <laughs> you should expect that. You, you deserve it. But when we're talking about sin, eternal life or eternal death and forgiveness, that's nothing. You can't do anything about that. Again, under the Christian worldview, whether or not you believe it, if I go smack you, yes, I have to take the consequences, whatever that entails. But you, if I beg, forgive my sin, uh, you know, gas, you can't do that. You don't even believe in sin. So you can't do that. So I don't see the problem um, how, you know, this creator God, um, you say, well, he can't forgive you. Yes, he can. He's forgiving me of something you don't even believe in. Did that help? Um, in a way, but I, I guess I'm, I'm still missing how. So are you, are you affirming that blame? So in your theory of justice, you think that to me, so to me, in a, my theory of justice, in if somebody is blameworthy for something, nobody can absolve that person other than maybe the party that was wronged. So um, I guess you're using maybe the the case of Jesus to illustrate, like you're saying, the party, like Jesus or God is ultimately the party that was wronged in that case. So you're right, and when you when you sin, you're sinning against God. Okay, so, so that, it, it that's, sounds that's like, the party who was wronged. Sure, and so if this is your your view, it sounds like you do indeed think blame can be transferred from one person to another, regardless of the actions of the people. Um, not not, so not this exactly. Is, man. But, well, well, yeah, yeah, but I, agree. It, well, yeah, yeah, Bertie, I think I think you're doing a quicker job than I am because I've tried for what ten minutes now and I still fail. We're not saying blame can be transferred, right? Like if I if I smack you in the face. There, there's no blame to be transferred. I smacked you in the face. That's bad. Uh, but the sin is against God. Like I, I yeah, Bertie, take the shot. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Um, so, so from my perspective, and any other person on stage who shares the same perspective, uh, same belief but different perspective, go ahead and correct me. But um, the way I think about it is, think about you have your father who was a strong crackhead, and your mother was also a crackhead. And now you're born with that in their system. And there's residual um, effects of that in your system, right? And it does lead to certain tendencies. Um, even though you were born as a crack baby and you have some stained things because of the result of your parents having done crack, you are accountable for yourself because it's not that you're it most entirely subjected to um, that behavior as well. Not, I mean, just because a parent does crack doesn't mean that the other person does crack, which is why I, from this analogy, this sin would manifest in other ways, right? Like they might have anger issues and things like that, which would result in certain behaviors that would become illegal. Um, but when that person who was the crack baby commit something that's wrong in the, in the sense of the legal sense, they are accountable for themselves. But what in the actual sense happened is the result of the predecessors stained the, the, the subsequent generations, right? And, and, and it can follow in a chain. And that's what's happening. It's just because, and then the, also the other element is it's not 
it's not inherently like this thing of like, oh, you're subjected to this. It's more of like you're highly influenced by this thing, right? Because there is an example of someone who came from that same line and did not sin. And that was Jesus, right? Like he was still born of the flesh in which Adam had suggested, sub, uh, subjected the rest of the race to, right? It, it, it means that because of that thing that your parents did, you are, it's, it's harder to deny that temptation to do certain things, right? We've, our genetics or our spiritual genetics or whatever, whichever aspect of it, it's been stained. Um, Jesus suffered through temptation, but he overcame, but we suffer through temptation and we do, we do not overcome. Right. And, th- and I think that's the analogy to say like, yes, sin has a, sin has affected everyone. And it was because of someone before us, but even, even at that, with fact, all due respect, this isn't about original sin. It's about atonement. So original yeah. sin doesn't have anything to do with us. Okay. Yeah. Well, in terms of, in terms of atonement, you're talking about who's being wronged. I mean, I mean, again, it goes back to what I was saying about. Um, I mean, you're you're talking about forgiving person for their sins. It's it's God's to forgive, and He chooses to forgive. I know that didn't solve your question, but uh, that's what on, I wanted. Hang on one second. I wanted to I wanted to catch some of the or get some of the other people in too. Um, we'll let you go, CEO. But uh, and you know, Jesus also says, you know, forgive or you're not going to be forgiven. Um, so keep that in mind. So I, I I'm trying to like. I get what you say, Gas, and you're like halfway, like what you say is like halfway correct. Yes, you can sin against other people, but we don't have an issue there because the sins against other people, you have consequences for. So that's something we all agree on. But then you're saying, how can Jesus atone? Like Jesus isn't, like the atoning isn't directed for like me slapping you. I should pick a better analogy. But it's for the subsequent sin because of that. So like our interactions Yes, you can choose to file charges. You can choose to prosecute me. You can choose to forgive me. That's what Jesus says. Um, But regardless of whatever you choose to do because of our interaction and the crime I may commit against you, there's still something you cannot do, which is forgive the sin, the grievance against God. Because, you know, if we're all created, uh, you know, in God's image as humanity and, you know, something is done to you that's bad, it's also done to Jesus. So, yeah, uh, I I owe consequences to you. you could be Christ-like and forgive me, but if you're not, I've got to deal with that penalty, that fines, anger management, jail, whatever. Um, but still, there's something you can't do, which is forgive sin, which is what Jesus does, which shouldn't be an argument of yours because it has nothing to do with you, right? You don't even believe in sin. But I wanted to take a minute from that and crack babies to say hi to D because I haven't seen D in forever. D, what's up? How are you doing? Are you speaking? Where have you been? Nate, how are you? <laughs> Nate, Where you been I, hiding? I, well, I've, I've been on a couple of places, a little bit of here, a little bit everywhere. Nate, I left Clubhouse. I come back and everybody has gone crazy. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. Do you ever think because it's your, it's because you left? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. But Nate, I tell you, like, oh my gosh, it's it's crazy. So you know, I'm back. This seems to be. I don't even, is this, is, is this still like a neutral ground for everyone? <laughs> this is a neutral ground. I, I just okay. set up my own little, I just set up my own little tent here and, you know, <laughs> whoever wants to come can come as long as they don't completely freak out. Um, so. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Oh, it's been crazy. So I just sit back, 
and just listen. Um, in regards to this conversation, I'm on the tail end of it, but maybe we could compare it to like court. So, you know, when you uh, commit a crime against someone, when um, the DA charges you, it's the state versus you. So maybe that's the comparison where it's God versus you. I don't know. That's my. Hey, that's a that's a good point. Except we got to get away from court analogies because no one's getting charged anymore for anything. Just saying. Um, so, uh, CEO, you're in. You're starting to say something, and then we'll see what Jesse has. And and Sean, so help me, your audio better not be horrible today. <laughs> yeah, um, no, and, and Nate, you, CEO. You, you you mentioned kind of what I was going to say, so I'll just say it in ten seconds, and I do want to hear Gas's response. That to your point, if you you know smack Gas, right? And and you you've offended him and God. God can decide to forgive you, but Gas can still press charges against you, and you go to court. So, Gas, I'm wondering how that scenario sits with you. Yeah, well, I think it's it shifted a little bit from kind of the main thrust I was trying to talk about. So, I guess we we transferred over to like God is forgiving you, but I'm talking about. Um, like, first off, I guess you guys agree that Jesus died for our sins, right? And so that's kind of the main thing is that how can Jesus die for our sins um, and transfer the blame from us to him? And how does that work out? So uh, if you could restate your question, maybe in those regards, I could try to answer it because I didn't answer it there. Because he doesn't transfer blame. Go ahead, well, how, how is the blame being taken away from the humans then? Well, the blame in proper sense is not being taken away, right? God doesn't operate in some kind of legal fiction such that, oh, God thinks that Jesus now is guilty and looks at us as if we never sinned. That's not true, right? Because he's a God of truth, he understands what the facts of the matter are, what the facts of, you know, as CEO is describing it, right, what the facts of the court case are. He's just, he's just transferring the payment, right? doesn't mean then that Jesus is blameworthy for the sins. He's just transferring the punishment. That's it. Sure. So, Jesse, I, I don't know if you were here for the analogy, but if we had a um, like a, a mob boss that um, that killed people you know or your family or something, and then you're sitting in court and the judge says, all right, we're going to we're going to transfer the payment from the mob boss to the to the under the under guy, like the the uh, mobster or whatever, one of his cronies. We're going to transfer the blame there to his cronies. Would you say that's an act of justice? Uh, no, the cronies are equally as blameworthy. So they're operating under. I think it's like Proverbs twenty-eight, right? They are uh, they are the officials of that mob boss's court, so they're equally as guilty. They can't take on the payment. I, th I think we may be getting a little too, like like, like just I think Jesse said at the beginning, it is maybe he didn't like like we're focusing too much on the analogy. Okay, last chance, and then we'll move on. I, I don't know how else to say this. Okay, so guest, your analogy, you're sitting there side by side with a bunch of Christians. Uh, we all agree. So the mob boss is guilty of all kinds of stuff, and let's just say, um, you know, it's the uh, it's someone else who's not like Jesse said, where they're just as guilty because they're his crony or whatever. Let's just say it's someone who who is not affiliated with organized crime, right? But he wants to be a scapegoat or a stand-in. And that's that's the defense they make. So the mob boss is guilty of sin. Um, and this other person's like, hey, but you know, he's guilty of all these atrocious crimes. Let me take the penalty. And 
where you may expect under your understanding, you may expect the Christians to jump up and be like, yes, that's exactly how forgiveness works. Yes. That's the atonement. Um, no Christian would do that. You and the Christians would all be in agreement being like, no, that guy can't take the place for the guy who did the sin or crime. Like make the guy who did the crime do the time. And you may be confused. Be like, well, wait, but your own God does this atonement. And he shifts the blame or whatever, whatever the argument was. And it's like, no, no, that's not how it works. Like that guy did the crime. So, you know, the jury, maybe we're all in the jury. So because of that, we're all in the jury. We all convict the actual mob boss who did the crimes. Well, I guess if it was an actual mob boss, he would have had other people do the crimes. You know what I mean? The actual guy who is clearly guilty and the evidence is against him. He did the crimes. We're not letting anyone shift blame or take his place, right? So the guy who is guilty does the did the crime does the time he goes to jail so then you we you think justice is done and christians say yes justice is done but then we all go to uh you know we all go out to lunch you're like where are you going and you're like i'm going home where are you going and the christians are like we're going to go tell him the gospel so he can be forgiven of his sin and you're like what and how does that work he's he's guilty of a sin he's paying for his sin like no no he's paying for the crimes he did but there's sin that a court can't forgive um, I don't know. That, that's the best I got. So even though the guy who did the crimes is guilty and is being punished um, in this natural realm for committing the crimes, there's still um, crimes he can't pay for. Um, I mean, if he does, the, the verdict is hell. But if he does want forgiveness, then the God who created everything in existence – I keep talking about creator and who owns everything to, to get like to, to like first order of creation. Like it's in a snow globe, right? So there's only so much sin you can do against a snow globe inside a snow globe world. Um, but ultimately, it's the snow globe creator. So they can do whatever they want. So no matter how someone feels about it, mob boss is getting punished. He's in jail for like the rest of his life, like three life sentences. But he can also ask Jesus to forgive him. So even though he pays for his crimes here in this world, he is eternally forgiven and given new life. And he can have eternity in heaven against the God who is ultimately in control of everything. Um, okay, I'm done. If that didn't help, then I've got nothing else. <laughs> Repent and believe the gospel. One Did thing that. that's going to help is if you I utilize. One thing that's going to help is if you use. Oops. We didn't hear what you're saying. Yeah, I think I water on my phone. Muted my phone. One thing that's going to help is if you utilize a forensic analysis on, to approach this, right? So the victim of any given sin is going to be God. And God's motivation for redeeming an individual of their sin is that he wants to accomplish three things. He wants to accomplish retributive, restorative, and oh, what's the other justice? Uh, rehabilitative justice, right? So number one, retribution is meted out on the cross. So God obtains retributive justice through the cross. He obtains restorative justice because the victim's right are restored of the penalties in god in christ they are restored of the uh, crimes that were committed against them and then the criminal himself is also rehabilitated this is along the lines of say two sinners that sin against one another that are both in christ right because it's only true that all good things work to the good of those who love god who are within his name so along those lines, right, you have each of those categories of justice accomplished. Uh, guess were you? Yeah, kind of I, uh, um, 
yeah, I appreciate all, I appreciate the explanations and everything. And I don't want to like uh, focus on this point too much if you guys want to move on, but I'll just kind of say some, some final thoughts. And then if you guys want to move on, we can get to a different topic. Um, I guess like, yeah, and I appreciate the explanations, but I guess I'm very, I'm trying to be very simple and I'm, I'm not trying to like railroad down a certain path, but I'm just, I guess I'm focused on, so we have like, all people have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So everybody deserves to go to hell. Uh, Jesus died on the cross and somehow, um, maybe you're not saying the blame is being transferred, but you're saying somehow he's forgiving the blame in some way. Is that, um, is that kind of, is that correct? Yeah, that's fine. Right. I mean, it's just because that's why we appeal to penal substitutionary atonement because it's focused on the penalty. It's focused on not what is, what, not, not who properly is blameworthy, but it's uh, taken in the sense of a forensic account, right? Like your account, you have a certain judgment needed against you for the crimes you've committed. And that seen as a kind of fine, that fine has to be paid and is paid in Christ. Right. So it's better to look at it not in the sense of blameworthiness, but in the sense of uh, forensic analysis, right? Like uh, debts owed. Uh, Sean, you want to test your Good audio? Morning, yeah. Good morning, everyone. Well, I only have... Nope. <laughs> that is awful. Um, well, brother, what's up, brother? No, Sean, we, we can't. We... I was going to say something about uh, people talking about it. Jason, they often uh, mix it with impartation. Sean, oh, Sean, hang on, hang on. Sean, you, you got to stop, dude. No one can hear you. All we hear is crackling. Like, we, we can't hear a thing you're saying. Uh, brother, go on. Uh, when it comes to imputation, a lot of people get it mixed with impartation. And uh, I wrote a gospel tract I titled Enri, as in spelled I-N-R-I, you know, it's uh, about God nailing our sins to the cross of Christ. You know, this is uh, imputation. You know, this uh, I think imputation is only named once in the Bible in a verse, but basically imputation is the theological word for God nailing our sins to the cross of Christ. And uh, so it's just a legal thing it's a transfer it's credited to christ and uh, a lot of times people talk about impartation you know that as imputation imparts our sin to jesus and it doesn't i've got one so just i'll just give uh one like kind of mini reductio here and see if you guys take this on at all so if if you think that jesus on the cross or however he does it can like absolve people from guilt or blame somehow. Um, you'd say that like if Jeffrey Dahmer or somebody like murdered your family or committed horrible crimes, they burned down your house or something. And then they just prayed to God and God forgave them in your ideal world, there would be no recourse to enact any sort of punishment on this person. Um, after they just committed all these horrible crimes, because there God, is recourse. Like in the actual, well, in, the, in the physical, in the physical space, the person's still going to have to suffer the consequences. But well, no, I'm talking the, about in, in your the, ideal world of justice, where um, where they're totally not blameworthy at that point because they're just forgiven by God. He took the blame away. So this person who burned down your house and killed your whole family, they would be totally blame. They would have no blame on them. They would be spotless as a sheep in your worldview. Is that correct? 
No, no, because you're talking about different things. Like it's 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 like it's like saying that are we going to apply the things that God has set for a different thing to the government governing of people? That wouldn't work because I mean, if you want to do about that, the ideal, your ideal. It's not this justice system. It's your ideal justice system that you're talking about here. Can I can I contribute for a second? Yeah, uh, yeah, and then, and then well. Maybe, maybe this is the topic of the day, but I, I feel like we're probably not going to find anything that hasn't been said, but I guess whoever the two people were, and then maybe we can move on because, uh, I mean, it seems like we're going extremely circular. Um, Nate, do you accept that? Do you accept, would you say in your ideal justice system, um, if somebody like burned down your house, murdered your family, and then they prayed to God and God forgave them of their sin, you'd say, you'd say this person has no blame attached to them, right? I would say it this way. If you come burn down my house, kill my cats, kill my family, everyone, then I would be like, yeah, send that dude to jail. Um, it doesn't matter if I press charges or not, which I still would, but the state would. So, yes, I want I want Mr. Gass uh, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But also, if Mr. Gass prays to Jesus, asks for forgiveness of his sins and eternal life and to be born again, then, uh, yeah, I guess I'll uh, just have to see Mr. Gass in heaven. Um He'll spend the rest of his life, hopefully in prison, paying for his crimes against me and, uh, you know, my family. But if Mr. Gass repents and finds Jesus, Mr. Gass can have eternal life and be forgiven and go to heaven. That's what we think. Okay, I think I'll just say this one thing and then I'm done for real. Um, I think you, you guys, when I ask you the hypothetical, you're moving it to our real world justice system. But I'm talking about this hypothetical, perfect justice system with God where he can forgive them and then they can just walk free because there is no blame. So we wouldn't put this person in jail. If I, if I burned down your house, murder your whole family, and then I prayed to God and he forgave my sins, I wouldn't go to jail because I'd be totally, I'd be totally absolved of all my blame, according to you. But, but the person, the right, person so, in so actual this sense is, this still is what suffers. Wait, 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 hang, hang on, hang on, wait, 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 hang on. I heard, I heard Marquise and D and they were going to be the last two speakers. So please, no one respond. <laughs> just let Marquise and D talk, uh, say what they wanted to say. And then we will try with all, with all that's within me to find a new topic. Um, I appreciate Marquise. the conversation, everybody. Give your last words. I appreciate it. And if, Mr. Gass, if you got another question, stick around. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd just like to move on from this because nothing else can be said. Uh, Marquise, go ahead. So first off, hey, Nate, it's been a while. Uh, it has. CEO, everybody else, I hope you all are doing well. Um, so what I'd say, Gas, is I think that there is the assumption that in the um, – in a perfect ideal justice world or a perfect ideal justice system um, that the category of sin and crime are somehow merged. But that doesn't necessarily follow. I think in the perfect ideal justice world, um, you're still going to have a situation where sin and crime are two separate categories. So we can't conflict the categories or we commit categorical error, right? There is the category of sin, which God forgives, even in the perfect judicial world. And then there is the category of crime, which man arbitrates, right? Based on the moral standard of God, hopefully. Um, if we're talking about a perfect system, then it's, yeah, going to be based on the moral standard of God. But it's still a, um, a system which God would have given humans the ability to arbitrate you know, by virtue of Genesis 2, give them dominion, you know, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So in this perfect judicial world, humans would still be the arbiters of 
a system devoted to crime, a penal system, but a moral system is still going to be always something arbitrated and delineated by God. I don't think that goes away even in this hypothetical, perfect, you know, utopian judicial system where God is eliminating the blame of sin. Sure, sin and crime are two different things. Uh, D. My turn to try it out. So <laughs> my, my perspective would be in the perfect idealistic world, Christ wouldn't be necessary. So we still go by the God's law. You, we would just go back to Moses's, uh, the Mosaic law, which means that if you kill someone, you would be murdered. So we would ne not need Christ. Christ is needed is because nobody in this, nobody was able to meet the law to that standard. So, you know, if it's the majority of people are doing what's right, this would be the perfect idealistic world. So we will go back to Mosaic law, which means if you murder somebody, it's eye for an eye. So if you murder somebody, you will get murdered. If you rape somebody, you will get raped. So we would go back to Mosaic law and Jesus was just wouldn't be needed. So that's how I would see it. And then you get to justice. There you go. Well, I'm thankful D's not in charge. <laughs> um, mostly kidding. Um, if I heard that right. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Gas, did you have a different question or anyone else? Uh, I'll, I'll yield for now. It was, it was fun. I think the, <laughs> the Judeo law system would be, that's, that seems, that would be a whole other conversation, but that seems very bad world to live in. But yeah, we I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of questions, but I'll drink, I'm going to drink some coffee, have some breakfast, and maybe I'll, I'll just listen in for a bit. Maybe ask well, ask your question, later. and then we'll all talk about it uh, while you listen and have your breakfast, and then you can respond. <laughs> uh, well, I want, to, I want to be able to respond in the moment, but I'll, I'll just I'll just listen in for a bit. Well, Gaz, I was just curious. You, you don't want to hear people talk 30 minutes before you respond? <laughs> yeah, what, see you? Uh, so, Gaz, I was just curious. Like, from all that you heard, was there anything found to be kind of like most credible and then what is the thing you kind of still struggle with the most i'm just curious what was the result of you kind of hearing that dialogue um probably i mean probably just kind of what i said at the end like i i think you there's a way to work it where like it's consistent but i think it would lead to the problem where like if somebody like if jeffrey dahmer if like he's in court and then he just prays to god and god forgives him and all of a sudden, Jeffrey Dahmer has literally no blame on him somehow. But I think to me, that's a, a clear act of injustice. Obviously, the blame is still with Jeffrey Dahmer. But and I don't know how God can somehow take it away. Um, so to me, that's that's kind of like where it leads. And that's kind of uncomfortable for me. I think I think the blame is always with Jeffrey Dahmer. And I don't think anybody yeah. other than um, I don't even think God could yeah. somehow take that away. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's just. Wait, was it Jeffrey uh, Dahmer? <laughs> I see what you're saying. I just want to say that, like, if you think of it as, like, level one and level two, and, like, you know, God's level one and the human offended is level two, we're only talking about the level one part. So the level two aspect, as D and others have said, stays exactly the same. So I'm curious, like, what is the challenge if, like, the level two is exactly the same as you're imagining it? Know how I know you're a liar and you need Jesus? You said you were going to be done talking about it for real. <laughs> I know. 
Well, I didn't want to, if you guys had other topics to move on to, I didn't want to hold you back, but it seems like we're, I guess we're just plowing on this here. Well, it's, it's, it's the thing, unless, unless we like force ourselves to another topic, which I would love to do. Um, we're going to, we're going to talk about the same things forever. Um, Let's do it. We can thrust in another topic. Evolution. Go. Ah. See, uh, and I would like to answer the question, but I I forgot a little bit what it is, and I, I didn't quite understand the level one, level two thing. It, basically, like if 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 um, you know, I I have a I have a code. I have something that I want for my kids, um, and that is you know for everyone to treat them you know good and with respect and blah blah blah. If someone commits a crime against my kids, um, then you could say no, I've only committed a crime against your kids. Well, I have a great offense level to that too because they are my kids they're my children so if you mess with my kids you know maybe you'll be familiar with like the mama bear right like if you mess with mama bear's kids it doesn't matter if you think you've done anything to mama bear or not trust me you have and mama bear's coming to get you so yes you need to make things right with mama bear's little baby cubs but you better make things right with mama bear also or mama bear's gonna eat you that's level <laughs> one and level well, two funny enough so when you dumb it down i think that's kind of when i get it so that that started to make sense there um but yeah, so I think I think I got that. Um, but I'm wondering, is, so was my analogy at the end? Is that dis, is that like something about that disanalogous? So it seems like you're saying um, it is like overall the the end point is that God has to forgive you in order to get your sins taken away. Um, but then it seems like it like the court case would go through with Jeffrey Dahmer, where like he's about to get sentenced to life in prison or the death or penalty or whatever. And then he prays to God and God forgives him. And then somehow he's like absolved of all his guilt and he's good to go free. And like, we're not going to sentence Jeffrey Dahmer to prison at all. Like, does that go through to you or? No, no, absolutely not. No, no. God forgives Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer still answers for his actual crimes and spends the rest of his life. And wait, was it Jeffrey Dahmer who actually was reported to have like found God or was it another like famous serial killer? What One of them, I thought that or Bundy or one of the actual serial killers, like apparently like, um, said they did convert. Like, like we just take the real example. So, like, wh whatever the real example, and again, we don't know the heart. We don't know if it is true or not. But let's just say, you know, an actual real life serial killer um, got convicted, many life sentences for their crimes. They find Jesus in prison. All the Christians believe God totally forgave them. You know, if they were sincere, repented, and believed the gospel and have eternal life and are born again, like, yeah, you did messed up stuff, and you have to stay in jail for the rest of your life because sin has consequences. But uh, when you leave this world, yes, if, if you're sincere and repent and you have eternal life, God is forgiving you and you will spend eternity in heaven. But you don't get to go free. You have to stay in jail just the same. Don't kill people. So it was the mama bear sure. thing that did it? Yeah, well, it's um, – I don't know. I just – I think there must be some some way we're talking past each other. Or maybe I'm just misunderstanding something. Cause, no, no. If the mama uh, bear was good, mama, mama bear works. That, that's what we mean, the mama bear thing. Well, then the next the next thing I had to say was something we already oh, said. So you're saying um, – you're saying – you're saying like in this world though. But then I say like, well, in your perfect justice system, he would go free. No, right? no. I don't know. I don't know if someone actually said that. No. no. In the in the – Okay, well, there's there. Okay, so there's a perfect justice system, right? Like our ideal, if we're not considering God, if if we're taking the place of God for like an analogy or something, sure, everyone goes to heaven. Universalism is true, yada yada, because because why not? Sure, everyone gets in. Uh, but then you'd really have a problem with that, right? Because it's like, no, they've done crimes. So so, 
I guess we should be careful when we talk about our perfect justice system and, you know, what we actually believe is, is God's justice system. And, you know, we should align. <laughs> but no, in, in the biblical justice system, you do the it, it's just like natural law. Right. Even God says it. he puts governors and puts people in charge to be rulers uh, to punish crimes and things like that. So what you want is already in God's justice system. So under God's justice system, you know, biblical worldview, you do the crimes, you take the punishments. But then the next level, the mama bear layer, is there is an eternity. So you can't, like, whenever they give people three and four lifetime sentences, they're never going to fill those out. When they give people 700 years in jail, they're never going to fill those sentences. All we can do, all, all humans can do, is punish people as long as they're alive. When they're alive... They can't. They can't do anything about that. Um, that's where you go to God. So yes, in the biblical worldview justice system, uh, crime and punishment, you don't go free. Um, so yeah, you can be forgiven, have eternal life, live in heaven with Jesus and all the other Christians. Um, but in this world, no, you pay the penalty for your sins, for your crimes. Okay. This maybe this is maybe maybe we're getting somewhere here. Maybe um, the the kind of juxtaposition between the like the justice system and a moral system is maybe what's getting confused. So, would you say in your perfect like the God moral system, if Jeffrey Dahmer committed all the crimes, and then um, God uh, God forgave him, he prayed and everything, and he was transformed, you'd say at that point he is blame he is totally not blameworthy at that point, right? In the eyes of God, he's going to heaven. In the eyes of man, he's never getting out of jail. Okay. Okay. So I think that, I mean, I think, I think that's, so to me, that's, that would be injustice. But to you, I guess it would not be. Yeah. Well then, so, I mean, in that case, you know, choose this day who are you to serve. No God, the God of, you know, some demon where they burn babies alive as sacrifice or, you know, the God of Abraham, you know, the Christian God or, you know, do what you want. Right. So like that, that's where. Um, you know, I, I feel very good where it's like, okay, well, if you have a proper understanding of the Christian worldview and of the Christian God, and then like with a proper understanding of, you know, how it's taught, um, then you reject it. That's totally your choice. I, I mean, it shouldn't be, you should fall on your face before God and repent. Um, but that, that's totally your choice. And it's, yeah, I, I feel better that at least people have a problem with it from a proper understanding, um, that then, you know, being confused or not really understanding it. Doesn't make it better for the eternity of that person, but I mean, you know, at least I, I feel like they have a proper understanding, and that's what they're rejecting, not some like straw man or something. And that's unfortunate. So you know, maybe reconsider because again, if you don't believe this stuff anyway, what's it mean if Christians think that you know people are going to be forgiven, and you know that means they're going to like have angel wings and fly around in heaven someday that you don't even believe in? You're like, sure, great, whatever. Um, all things being equal they're still having the same justice you want here on earth, uh, which is all you believe there is. So we can all be friends. Well, I am trying to explore God. I don't know if you're like um, necessarily what you say to me and how it strikes me is not, I don't think that's determinant of like who goes to hell or who doesn't. Um, and maybe like it's possible you've got the wrong view and maybe I'll, I'll discover a different view later on in life. So I don't know if I would jump quite to me going to hell yet. Oh no, I'm, I'm talking like, I mean, maybe I'm a little too too <laughs> flippant, but I'm I'm talking in terms of just the Christian worldview, right? So there's only so many so many times um, that we don't want to have like a four hour conversation. 
of me prefacing everything with, well, I believe, or well, under the Christian view of this, I mean, I think I do it more than most. But I, I mean, if I just talk matter of fact, you're like, hey, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to burn in hell forever. Um, I guess we talk so much that it just becomes blasé or whatever. But um, yes, that is what I believe. So yes, there is an element of faith to our religion. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a chance you would say that I could be wrong. I don't believe that for a second. But if we're, you know, talking like normal people, then yes, there is an element of faith, which means there is a chance that I could be wrong um, from your vantage point. Um, I, I recognize that. No, like you could be wrong in the in the God worldview. So like maybe maybe I haven't like maybe you're how you're what you're saying is not like striking me right now is like, oh, I've got to repent. But maybe like later on in life, I'll talk to somebody else and they'll what they say will like make perfect sense to me. And I'm like, hey. Maybe that's the truth, and then maybe I'll repent at that point. So I don't think it's like I'm doomed to hell at this point, right? Oh no, no, I'm no, I'm I'm not saying that at all. Um, because we don't we don't know. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen in your life. But I mean, you know, currently, for example, you know, we were talking about like judging people earlier when I think before you came in. So I mean, you know, currently, um, per the Christian worldview, see, I did it. <laughs> um, if you're like, no, I don't believe this stuff. I don't think there's a God. There may be. I don't know. It's probably not the Christian God. I'd be like, okay, well, at this point, you, you're rejecting this God, or at least not believing and, and following this God. So, yes, if you died right now, then I think hell would be your home. Um, I don't want that, but under what I believe is accurate, that's how it would be. But no, I mean, you know, 20 years from now, two minutes from now, you could you could change and be like, ah, I found God. Um, and I'd be like, sweet. But um, at your current state is, I guess, what I was trying to uh, speak to. Well, I think, I don't know, man, that's a little bit, because like I am, I'm, I'm genuinely trying to figure this out. Like I'm asking questions in good faith. I'm trying to figure things out. I'm seeking God. I'm reading, I'm reading Alvin Planking, Plantinga and all these, these Christian philosophers. I'm trying to get more knowledge. I'm coming to these Christian rooms and stuff. And so I think it's a little unfair to say like, I'm, I'm like totally going to hell. Like I'm trying, I'm actively trying to seek him out. And I think if God is real, hopefully he'll reveal himself in some of these rooms or maybe some of the philosophy I'm reading or something like that. So I am, I don't know, I'm, I'm genuinely seeking him. And I think if he sent me to hell right now, that would also be an act of injustice because I feel like I'm actively seeking him. Yeah, again, maybe it's unfair. I mean, I don't know you. I'm, I'm just talking in general terms, right? It's, it's binary. So only God knows the heart. So if, if you know, you're doing what you say you're doing or, or whatever, and uh, I don't know your heart. All I know is, you know, the Bible talks about fruits. So the binary choice, though, totally not for you. Well, you, but everyone else on the planet is you know, if you are born again, Jesus says you must be born again and freely ask for eternal life. Like he'll freely give eternal life to whoever wants it without payment, completely free. Just ask. Um, and you must be born again. So for someone who they repent of their sins, ask Jesus to save them, forgive them, make them born again and give them eternal life. If they are sincere in that, then we're told the Holy Spirit of God will live in that person and they are guaranteed, sealed, um, saved, cool with God. So if someone is that person great they're going to heaven if someone dies in this life not being that person uh, we believe hell so totally not saying where you are in that route but based on what i said those are the biblical indicators so if if you fall in one category or the other um you know there you know uh, there you go um i guess all i would do is encourage you know sooner is later that type thing so you know isaiah says today is the day of salvation so why wait and I also, you know, the Christian philosophers and stuff, like, keep reading. I mean, why not? Um, so I definitely keep reading. But I'd say that little nutshell I just gave you right there, like, that's that's the ultimate point. Like, all the philosophers, all the Bible, 
all the Christians, like that's the ultimate point everyone's trying to arrive at. Um, some may be slower than others, but I would encourage in your journey, keep that in your mind. And um, as soon as you can get there, get there. And once you're there, Jesus calls you saved and born again. And then, you know, you have all the time, the rest of your life to read all the philosophy books or the rest of the Bible or whatever you want. Um, but at least you're, it's like a cherry on top. So kind of the other way around, like reverse engineering it is, is doing all the hard work or all the heavy lifting and reading first um, before Jesus would call you saved. Um, that's still, I hope, I hope you get what I'm saying. Like, I'm not trying to tell you doing things wrong, um, but it's like, um, there's no reward in it right now. Like it's just as sticky a situation for you um, now as ever, even if you're on that road. Um, I guess versus track fast track to the end, right? Which would be Jesus. Maybe on the on the road to Damascus, you know, Nate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll get the the beam of light shining in my eyes soon. Is that what the story was? Didn't he? He was walking on the road to Damascus, and then God like appeared before him. Yeah, and says, you know, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he like tells him to go to these um these other Christians, and um have them pray for him and stay with him. So he did. And when he got to town, like all, you know, the Christian he was looking for, he's like, Oh crap, this is Saul. He's going to kill me. Um, but then, you know, God told him, um, I forget it was, it was like a voice or if God visited him in a dream or something, but he's like, no, no, I've told Saul to look for you. So, you know, um, go out and, you know, let him in and welcome him. So he trusted God and he did. And then Saul became Paul. The scales fell off of his eyes when he prayed for him. And he's like, Wow. God is true. You know, Jesus is Lord. And then begins the ministry of Paul. Heck yeah. I think um, I'm going to kill the room. So let's, we'll try to get some more. If there's Pastor Sam, I see you in the audience here. And you, oh, is he down there? Just hit the mic button and you can come on up. And Matt and Steve and Kitty and all those people down there, I see you. You can come join the conversation and I'll stop talking so we can get more voices <laughs> heard in here. Hey, right. hey, Good Pastor day, Sam. How y'all doing, man? Hey, enjoy your breakfast. Stick around. Listen. <laughs> What's right. up, Sam? It's been a while. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, Gas. Uh, hey, Gas. Um, you there? There, there's you know, there's two attitudes in the Bible that the Lord is open to, and you can't re really. You can't read yourself into it, but you can hear uh, about it. In the Psalms, he requires humility. And in Genesis and throughout the Bible, then it requires faith. But this faith that you will receive is the faith that comes from God if you Hear what I'm saying and open yourself to the humility that he is. The Bible tells us he that comes to God must believe that he is. If you don't have the faith to ask, then I also suggest that you ask for the faith. Ask for the humility. Be humble enough to hear the words that I'm saying to you. Because he most dearly wants you. He cares for you more than you know. 
and it only it's not about his judgment. Adam put you and I in a very compromising position. I've had the conversation with him about it. Why you let me come into something? I don't want to be in this. But he's God. And he loves us. This is the place and position that you stand in, sir. I, I, I pray for you as you continue your journey seeking after God. Have a great day. That's what I came up for. Well, I'm glad you came up, Sam. Let me send out some invites, see if anyone else wants to jump up here. Well, Sam, how's life been? Man, it's been real good. God is, you know, good to me. I've been married 38 years now, I think it is. And I'm going to be 40 years a believer in August, man. I feel good about Jesus, uh, brother. I'm telling you, man, it's nothing like the love of God, Nate. Nothing like the love of God. That's just, you asked the wrong question or the right question. I love him, man. I, you know what? I'm going to say this. If it wasn't for him, Nate, I wouldn't even know you. You and I call each other brothers because he introduced himself to us. What a beautiful thing. I love you, man. Well, thanks. Likewise. D, brother, Bill, you guys want to jump in on some of this love fest? That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people. Like, yeah, even Lou down there, and yeah, a lot of people I've known for for years. Um, yeah, if it wasn't for the you know the commonality in in God and faith and Jesus, yeah, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't know each other. That's a good right. point, Sam. Yeah. Hey, Kitty. Hey, um, didn't really have too much to add. I saw that you had added uh, or you had re requested that we came up, and I was in a different app looking up stuff for work. Um, but I heard that gentleman speak is that, I just want to make sure that I follow is it pastor. Is that who I, that awesome. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Um, yes. And I, if I could do anything, uh, it would be to agree with pastor. Totally going to follow you if I'm not already. Uh, Oh, now I am. And then, uh, I think it was Tony that the line of questions was, uh, kind of in regards to totally want to pray with pastor and, uh, obviously hardcore uh um be happy for nate and and uh, and this room is uh, a lot thanks nate as always but i'm gonna zip it and just kind of listen for a minute hey there's jesse hi jesse <laughs> hey welcome back jesse well we may have solved the world today if no one has anything else I will end it. Speak now or hold your peace. All right, everyone. Well, take care. Have an awesome day. Catch you all later.